We're talking grails today. What are they? And is the term a little bit outdated? This time on Fire Footwear. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Fire Footwear. I want to welcome everybody that is new to this channel, and I want to say thank you if you have been watching from the beginning. You are why this podcast exists in the first place. Sneaker grails. It's a term that you hear a lot in the sneaker community, and I got to thinking about it a little bit. And the impetus for thinking about it, if I'm being perfectly honest with you, is watching sneaker shopping on Complex. I know that I have a lot of things to say about Complex. No hate, guys. It's just, I'm not particularly fond of how they represent sneaker culture, but it doesn't mean that every single thing that they do is bad or that every single piece of content that they do is oversaturated or whatever. Like I said, Joe LaPuma, I think, has a good personality. And I happen to like sneaker shopping, even if the people that they have on there, I'm not as familiar with. And I don't think that they have necessarily the knowledge or the history in sneakers as a lot of other people do. You don't have to be somebody who's an OG in the game in order to be on that show. It's all about popularity. And if you are somebody who traffics in sneakers and are popular, Complex is going to want to have you on there because, of course, you're going to get them clicks and notoriety and all that good stuff. And they had somebody on this week. I cannot actually remember who it was. And he was gifted from Complex and from Joe LaPuma, really, a pair of his favorite shoes of all time. And they were a pair of T-Max, I believe. And those of you who are too young to remember Tracy McGrady, go look up some highlight reels on YouTube. One of the best players in his era and definitely a player who had a player edition sneaker that a lot of people wanted. It was a great shoe at a time in which he was scoring at such a volume that other people weren't doing that in the league. So I think that his shoes kind of elevated because of that notoriety. And it got me to thinking about a grail because these were a shoe that he has always wanted. And he got kind of emotional seeing this pair and was so giddy over it. The idea of a grail is about something that is almost unattainable. It's really about a difficult quest or an extended quest in order to get there if you go look it up in the dictionary. And in sneakers, I think that we hear the word grail a little bit too often if you think about what it's intended to mean. If you go back in sneaker history, and let's take a look at the last 40 years or so, a grail was something that didn't develop until really, if you think about it, at least a decade had established itself in the sneaker game. And if you think about the first Air Jordan all the way until the end of Michael Jordan's career, the advent of collaborations through rappers and other types of folks, and now you bring it forward over the last 40 years. And at this point, the sneaker industry has just boomed to the point that there are so many shoes, so much availability, so many collaborations, so many silhouettes, so many colorways. And we've even gotten to the point now where we're retroing things that I wonder to myself if the idea of a grail is maybe an outdated concept. So hear me out on this. For many people who've been in the game long enough, and let's say that you've been in the game 20 years, I think when you think of a grail, it's a shoe that you remember releasing, you remember not getting, or you maybe have sold it since then, and now you've come to realize that it's something that you actually want. It's something that you wish that you had in your collection all along. And for you, a grail is something that you have tried to get. It's almost unattainable at this point. It's not impossible, but so much time has gone by that it's almost unrealistic to think that you can actually get this shoe. There's a lot of shoes that probably fall under this category, but if you're someone who's been in the game at least that long, let's say that you've been in it since day one, 
perhaps the first ever shoe that you bought or that your mom bought for you or your parents bought for you, maybe that's a grail because you can't go back and get that exact pair, but you wanna try and get the oldest model possible. And the search for that is really where I believe a lot of people get a lot of enjoyment. And I think today it's a little bit different. Today, if you've been in the sneaker game, let's say five years or less, because let's face it, over the last few years, we've seen a massive influx into the sneaker game. You can include me in that category as well, but at least I'm somebody who remembers the days of Michael Jordan, remembers the days of Air Jordans. It just wasn't something that I could purchase because quite frankly, my parents just didn't have the financial flexibility in order to do everything that they wanted. They wanted things for me. Sneakers was just not on that list, period. And it wasn't until I got my own money that I could actually start to collect these things. And so if you've been in the game for less than five years or five years or less, what is a grail to you? And I started thinking about that a little bit. What is a grail to people who've been in the game such little time? And I think that resale has changed the idea of a grail in many ways. A grail used to be something that was unattainable. So let's go even further back before StockX, before GOAT, before all that stuff. If you wanted something, you had to trade for it. You had to find somebody who actually had it. And that was already a difficult proposition. This was even before the internet. And when you get the internet now with Craigslist and so forth, you had at least some avenues to be able to try and find these shoes. It was never a guarantee that you were gonna get something that's authentic. And in order to be able to get this, you either had to pay a lot of money or most likely had to have a pair that that person also wanted. And that's where I think the transaction has changed a little bit because I believe that many people back then were all trying for the same thing. They all wanted to get that unattainable pair. And you had to actually have another unattainable pair. So you had to have this emotional connection with something that somebody else had. And you also had to have something that they had emotional connection with. For those of you who've been in the game long enough, you can certainly correct me on this, but I believe it came down to that. And resale was a thing, but again, I think bartering was more common. And so fast forward to today, what do we have? We have GOAT, we have StockX, we have eBay, and we have a lot of other avenues in which people can get shoes after they release. So maybe for people today, a grail is something that is way out of their price range. But hear me out on this, it is still attainable. My stepmother will tell me all the time, if there is something that can be solved with money, it's not necessarily a problem. And so if you're calling a shoe a grail, but it's just a matter of you saving up enough money to buy it on the resale market, which is the choice that you are making, then is it a grail? I'm not sure. And now you add in the advent of the rep market and not even just the advent of the rep market, but the resurgence of the rep market to the point, we talked about this last week, that rep shoes now are the best quality that they've ever been. You all know that I have half and half at this point. And I have actually purchased reps of older shoes because I know that attaining it today is either gonna cost a lot of money or that pair is gonna be almost unwearable at this point because it's so old. So where does the rep market fall into this? Well, a lot of people, when they weren't able to get the shoes that they wanted on the regular market, were going to the rep market to get these shoes. That's where that attainability came into play. That's where the accessibility became the highest that it's ever been. But if you think about it, if you get a shoe on the rep market, is it a grail? And as somebody who actually traffics in reps somewhat, I'm here to tell you that the answer is no. That may surprise you, but it's true. Because a grail should be hard to get. A grail should be something that when you look at it and you finally attain it, it feels as if a journey has been completed. And if you're able to go to the rep market to buy just about anything, then is it really a grail? 
I would actually argue that it is not. I would say that, let's say, for instance, if you wanted to buy the OG staple pigeons, which I admittedly have a pair of reps of in my collection, the reason that I have them is because I'm going to wear them. But if I wanted to actually collect it, I wouldn't go that route and then look at everybody, look at all of you and say, look at me, I have one of my grails. I think that that has changed for me over time because I used to believe that. Here's a case in point. One of my first grails ever were the Sean Watherspoon 97s, one of the most famous shoes in sneaker history, really, and probably of the last 10 years. It's a beautiful shoe. I love it no matter what. And I found the rep market, was able to get a really, really good pair of them. And I got them in hand. And the satisfaction that I felt was actually very high because I wanted that shoe in hand and I finally had it. But five years on or four years on now, when I look back at that moment, it wasn't me attaining a grail. It was me attaining a shoe that I was going to wear, but I think the emotional factor of having a grail just was not there. And it's unfortunate because that shoe is so expensive and I'm not gonna pay the prices that people are paying for it, but I have it to wear, but I don't have the grail. And I think all of this has been convoluted in this way because I think now, if you know how to get the shoes, whether it's by saving up money or whether it's by going to the rep market, you can get just about any shoe that you want. When it becomes difficult are shoes that are of a certain age, usually about 10 years or a little bit older. And if they're not a shoe that younger people or the vast majority of people are actually looking for, then it's not gonna be available in reps. And it may not even be that available on the resale market. People might not be keeping it in their collection. They might not be trying to shop it around. It may just kind of sit somewhere and sit happily and never see the light of day. To me, the idea of a grail has changed so fundamentally. And I think there are two camps. I think there are people who have been in long enough that they know what that means. And then there are people who've been in not long enough for whom grails are just something that they need to find the money for. Now, there are people who have come in in the last five years who maybe are looking at shoes down the road or in the past who want this shoe and they know that they can't obtain it. And for them, that is probably a grail. But I think the idea of a grail is somewhat outdated now. And I think it just becomes sort of something that we want, but maybe don't have the means right now to get. And that leads me to talk about what are my grails. Well, I talked about the Sean Watherspoon 97s, and those are fantastic shoes. There are other shoes that I have in my collection that are reps that I would consider grail status if I were trying to collect them in that way. But there are two shoes that I have always wanted, and I've not seen them on the rep market. And so therefore, they have become my grails because they are unattainable at this point. The first one, and this is something that I don't think I've ever talked about on this show, but it is the Papa Bear Dunk Highs. Actually, I love the entire three bear series. They had an SB low, they had an SB mid, and they had an SB high. All of them were really neat. I've liked them since I got back into sneakers, and I'll be honest, if I could find a reputable rep pair, I probably would buy them, but now it's a little bit different. I would want all three because we are a family of three in the Matty Ice household, and they're just kind of cool. Could I wear them everywhere? No, they're kind of a little ridiculous in that regard, but the artistic nature of them is really awesome. The execution was amazing, but they're old enough now that they're not out there very much. And if I actually were to get a pair, would I be able to wear them? And that's the sad part about sneakers is that if you are into collecting and you want to get some of these old shoes that have really redefined the history of sneaker culture, it's gonna be difficult to wear them. And as somebody who wants to wear them, I find myself at kind of a juxtaposition of what do I do? But my all-time grail really and this is a shoe that really needs no introduction, but it is the Uncle Dunk Highs or the Futura Dunkles. And these are amazing. 
They are pink, they're black, they're white. There's something about the splatter of the paint on them and everything. If you've never seen them, look them up. I've seen a few people post them on social media. I know that they have to be a real pair because they do not rep these. They are not a shoe that a lot of younger people or people who've been in the culture less time than I have actually know anything about. They're part of history. They're something that are very, very hyped or were very hyped back in the day. And if you have a pair, you know and understand what that means. But if you've never seen it, it really doesn't hit for you. And it does hit for me. And that's a grail that I would love to have one day. Maybe one day I will go out and get a pair that I can display here in my YouTube background. Maybe. There's no guarantee though, because I'm not somebody who's gonna spend that kind of money on something that I can't wear. It is what it is. So those are my grails, and I'd love to know what your grails are. But before we get to the end, we're gonna get to the release of the week. Release of the week, where I like to highlight a shoe that has caught my eye. It's not always hype, sometimes it is. It's just something that I want you to know about. So we're kind of pivoting a little bit here on the release of the week, and there is no release of the week. This is a rare week in which something does not catch my eye. I have tried so very hard. I went to all the sites, looked at all the releases, and maybe you're saying to yourself, you're crazy, there's something that I want or something that is coming out that is just absolute fire, and that's where this comes down to subjectivity. I looked at all the shoes that are confirmed releasing over the next few days, and not a one of them tickles my fancy, not a one of them strikes my eye. But if there's something that strikes your eye, let me know down in the comments or reach out to the show and we'll get to that a little later. However, I do want to say this. When it comes to the release of the week, a lot of times we focus on something that is coming out. And in sneakers now, we focus a lot on the next release. And I talked about in the sneaker resolution episode how we should appreciate what we have. Right now on Nike.com or any other site, whether it's Adidas or wherever, you can find a lot of heat that is available right now. So if you're somebody who doesn't have a pair of the OG colorway and the Mac attacks, right now, basically in a full-size run, you can get a pair of those on Nike.com or sneakers right now. So instead of looking forward to a release this week and maybe there's nothing that actually piques your interest, go out and buy something that has a place in sneaker history. Sneaker grails, what are yours? And what do you think about the term today? Is it outdated? And should we maybe change it to something else? Get in touch with the show. At Fire Footwear Pod is the handle on Instagram. That is a place where I've created a listener chat. So if you wanna reach out to me and be a part of that chat, that is the way to find me. TikTok, at Fire Footwear Pod is the handle if you wanna see some fun reels that we are doing. Facebook, Fire Footwear, a sneaker podcast is what you would search. And if you are listening in audio and would like to catch the video version of this and some other video content that we do on our YouTube channel, Fire Footwear, a sneaker podcast with Maddie Ice is what you would search. Don't forget to hit like, subscribe, and all that stuff. And of course, if you'd like to support the Maddie Ice Media Network, MaddieIceMedia.com for the other podcasts that we have, including Iceman and Coach. Hope this finds everybody well, fam. I hope this finds you safe. And I will talk to you next time. This is Fire Footwear. Opinions and viewpoints expressed on Fire Footwear are those of Matt Freights and his guests, and not necessarily those of the Matty Ice Media Network. Fire Footwear is exclusively owned by Matt Freights and is brought to you by the Matty Ice Media Network.